Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. My name's Carl McDuff, and as ever, I'm joined by Scott Hodge. Hi, lads. How you doing, Scott? And making a return in a much better mood than he was last week, Craig McAdam. <laughs> I was a bit scunnered last week, so the Rangers cheered me up this week, so I thought I'd come back on. It's a bit of a double-edged sword. Um, and I, I mean, I was about to say pals. I've known Craig for quite a while, and... <laughs> Any plans? Any plans we've ever made always depends on the Rangers result. Rangers get beat, it'll no go out. Um, which is, you know, the positive is that uh, that's commitment for you. The negative is when you're trying to plan a podcast and it pulls out <laughs> with a bad result. Um, take that feedback and board, buddy. Uh, so, Craig's in a good mood because Rangers leaped to a two-nil victory over Kilmarnock yesterday. Before we get into the actual game. Bit of surprise before kickoff, guys. Uh, there was four changes. Rangers lined up with John McLaughlin, James Tavernier, Connor Goldson, Philip Hollander, Borna Barisic, Ryan Jack, and Stephen Davis in the middle of the park. And then a front four, kind of, Kent, Barker, Itton, and Roof. So, Scott, the four changes there being Davis, Barker, Itton, and Roof. Obviously, no Morelos on the starting lineup or on the bench. Was that how shocked were you with that? Ah, very shocked because we spoke about it, didn't we? Like the fact when he was linked with them, he was still playing, and it was like a big risk. Remember that when the first game against Aberdeen, it was quite a surprise him being in the team and things, and he's obviously played ever since. So it was surprising, um, even to not be in the bench. You'd think if he didn't train as well it would still be a place on the bench for him because, you know, we put the most attacking team, you know, we possibly could really there. So I was really surprised. Yeah. So, Sam Gerrard uh, said in his press conference, Craig, stuff about um, he's, his head's been turned, it's been disappointing and he's not fully committed himself to, uh, to each training session or to each game. Was it too much of a statement to leave him out? 
altogether, I thought he would have left him on the bench. Well, what, what's your thoughts on that? I suppose it depends what he's been like during training. Because um, up until this point, there's been all the speculation, but he's still been playing, he's still been playing well. So you imagine there must have been some sort of development during the week with a transfer, or maybe it was looking like it's not going to happen, so he's trying to force it through now. Um, but it's, I don't know if Gerrard's maybe said a wee bit too much in the press. Um, it might end up, because you don't want to get in a situation where Lille or whatever team it is aren't paying the money that we're looking to get, but then you've got an unhappy player trying to force his way out, so then you end up devaluing him and having to accept less money for him. Uh, but I think the Lille president was talking, saying that they offered £16 million, pounds, and I think we are maybe holding out for 20 so you wonder if we'll meet in the middle and he'll go for 18 It's a sh- shame to see, because he's done so well for us over the years, um, so you don't want to see it end badly, but it's probably better for everyone that we get something resolved sooner rather than later and get a decent fee and get him out the door. Yeah, that that was my thoughts to it, and I know... We are probably here in the, in the sentimental side of it. I would have liked to have seen him on the bench and then when Rangers were uh, 1 or 2 0 up in uh, the last 20 minutes, give him a, a kind of last one song that I um But to, if that's going to be, if last week was the last week and he was involved and this is the last time we hear about Morelos, does put a similar taste in a, a fairly successful uh, three years he's had with us. So the other. The other surprise is uh, Brandon Barker. So all the rumours were that he really impressed in the bounce game against Plymouth Argyle, and he he was there in merit. Scott, he's 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 somebody that I don't know. It is, it doesn't seem to go away. I keep on thinking he's going to be like J.K. of last year. He'll get a he'll get a chance, but he's Gerald seems to be willing to give him a roll. Nice. Clearly high up in the sort of short like he's much further ahead of Jones, Murphy, um who else got in that position? Uh Middleton Stewart as well yeah. and things, you know. So he's clearly he's clearly liked by, you know, Gerard and the coaching staff and they must they must see something in him. because you speak to everybody and they're just for fuck's sake, Barker's play about you, everyone said that. But they all they obviously stick by him, they see a player in him, so well, we see. I don't, I don't think it's going to set the the league on fire, but um, you know, if, as I say, we might have a play. I mean, it was good at Habs, so yeah. no, no reason why I can't. We'll come here for the game. But I actually thought he'd done really well yesterday, um, so we maybe proved wrong. And last on the uh, last point on the lineup, Craig, Alan McGregor was back on the bench. Um, I thought as soon as McGregor would have been available for selection, he would have been straight in. Ahead of McLaughlin, but McLaughlin's kept his place. Is that fair enough? I reckon McGregor is still first choice. Um, I think he only trained for a day or two last week, and McLaughlin's done really well since he's come in. So there's obviously no rush to to get him back in. Um, so it's actually a bit of a luxury that we can take it, let him take his time, especially with his age. If he does start getting wee niggling injuries, it could become a problem. So uh, McLaughlin's not done anything. They deserve getting dropped. Um, I reckon he might even play against Hamilton next week again, then it's the international break, so when we come back after that, I reckon McGregor will probably be, be back in, because I, I don't doubt that McGregor's still number one, but uh, McLaughlin's been doing really well and doesn't deserve to lose his place, really. Listen to the, 
the kind of post-match uh, podcast for heart and hand and like follow follow and stuff. Mark Dingwall, um, they were saying, <laughs> I don't know if you heard it. They were saying that they heard McGregor from the bench and he's just uh, every much as a mad bastard as he is on the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, it's heartening to see that he's still mental. That's good. So. Rangers started fairly well in the first half. Uh, first 20 minutes, I thought we were looking quite sharp. Uh, that front four were very, very fluid, you know. It wasn't a rigid Ken in the left or Ken Barker in the right. They were all swapping about. Uh, Ruth was coming short, going long. Itton was the kind of target man. But when it had the kind of 25-minute mark, we seemed to just go flat. And so I'll be honest, I thought... Um, I thought this was looking like the Livingston game uh, all over again. Kelly were just set up to defend and Rangers just looked to lose a bit of, a bit of spark. Ah, it was uh, sort of um, deja vu sort of coming to play, I thought. It's it's just the feeling you always get if you don't score, especially probably within 25 minutes or then moving on to the, the first half. It's just, oh shit, we've seen, we've seen this story so many times. So I, I was, um, as, as you said, the sort of, I think I said it last week, just get your best players on the pitch and the formation will work out for itself. And that was sort of what had happened. We had four really attacking players on. It's just, go and do your stuff. I watched um, Gerard's interview after it and he said that he was sort of playing Itton more on the right and I don't think that suited him really well. We were just trying to sort of pick on whoever the left-back was. Quite small, I think, and it makes sense. But... um, it was I was really pleasing to see and you know plenty get more balls in the box and and shots and things so yeah it was it was it was worrying we didn't get the goal but I were creating a lot of chances. And Craig, Gerard did say he had to give him a, a kick up the arse at half time, um, and it seemed to work. That we looked like we weren't a completely different beast altogether, but. We looked more up for it. We looked as if we were trying different things and we got the goal five minutes later. How how impressed were you with came out of his goal and overall? Uh, in the first half, he was pretty quiet. I don't think he was too involved in the first half. Um, but the first half formation, I don't know if we were trying to overcomplicate it because um, it was, like you were saying, so Itton, when we were out of possession, Itton was coming to the right. Um, but then when we in possession, he was going up front. Um, so I don't know if it's the way we were overthinking it with the formation. Uh, Mike Bassett, England manager, said it best when he said 4-4 fucking 2. <laughs> <laughs> like, like if you think 4-4-2, it's not really a formation that gets used much anymore. Um, it's easy, the standard of football we play in against all these shitey teams that just come and sit in. Think it back over the years, like Perso and Novo, Boyd and Miller, even going back to and Haley, like... It would work for us, um, and we've seen it yesterday. Um, sort of second half, we tweaked it a wee bit more, and it was more of a four-four-two. Obviously, Barker and Kent were still coming in, um, but with the two up top, Burton and Roof, um, and I think it just gives us a lot more structure. Um, it's not, a, as I say, now it's not a formation that's gets used much nowadays, but it would work for us, especially games at Ibrox. But I, Roof, second half came on to it. Um, he was saying in his interview that's his first start since December as well, so. He'll still take a wee while to get up to speed, um, but just as wee bit of movement to drop off the defender and then get his goal, it's, it shows he's got a bit of class about him, so the more he plays, the better he'll become. Yeah. It was a really clever move to 
you know, it's always so natural to go towards goal when Barisic is on the left and he's right across in, but you take that step back, further back, and that half yard, there was a bit of Jermaine Defoe about him, you know, just needs that one snapshot to get a goal. Uh, just on that 4 4 2, I think it's. 4 4 fucking 2. Sorry, 4 4 <laughs> fucking 2. <laughs> That's how we set up when we're off the ball, but see when we're on the ball, it's like a 2-2-6. Two, two, you've got the two centre-halves and the two midfielders in front of them, and Tavernier and Barisic are just wrong wonders and everywhere else. So I think it does. It's, it's, there's no no need for that rigid three in the middle of the park, um, especially at home where, against teams that are going to put 11 men behind the ball. Um, so 20-odd minutes later, Ryan Kent gets the second goal for... For the Angels, I actually thought this this was a quite a lot. Of, it wasn't the greatest goal, but quite a lot of good points to look at. So Brandon Barker picking the ball up deep, getting to the byline. It wasn't a perfect cross, but he kind of similar to the own goal he forced a few weeks ago. You know, he gets to he tries to play the ball in, hits off the defender. They they panic. Tavernier picks up the ball and gets a shot away. He's been doing that a lot more. We've not really seen Tavernier get shots away in the box, outside the box, since that season, the championship. Albeit this shot was deflected, but it comes back to him. He passes the ball to Kent, and Kent's such a tidy finish. So, a lot to, like, a lot of positives there, Scott. Aye, it was, a, it was a good finish as well, to be, to be fair. But uh, it was good seeing Tav getting up the park and uh, Brandon Barker. You know, justifying his selection probably. You know, so a really, a really good goal. Um, I don't take it away from the finish. I think it was quite, you know, tricky. It was I thought it was very similar to the chance he had late on in Livingston, but he obviously found, you know, it was a tight angle. But managed to obviously get it in between in between the uh, posts. But again, like I know we're probably going to come on to it with, with um, Ryan Kent. Like it would be very hard to you know replace him and get up, get up and running because. He's vital um, to how we play Ryan Kent. He's, uh, to be honest, uh, one one of a few flair players that he's seen against Livingston. He was probably the best player in the park. So it'd be very hard to to get somebody you know that quality hit the ground running um, if he was to get sold. Yeah, I thought he's he is looking uh, the player that we we paid for. Um, it's probably taking longer than what what we would have liked to get th- up and running. I, th- I don't think there's ever been a question about his ability. It's just his consistency, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. even when he was on loan, you know, two years ago, what was it, 21, 22 or something, like, you could see there was unbelievable talent. It was just that would only show up one in five games or something, you know what I mean? Um, just when just when Celtic come about sometimes, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, so I think there's always been that, but it's the, the difference this season, he's obviously had a full pre-season and he's... He's, he's flying, you know what I mean? He's, he's full of confidence he, 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 um, and he's doing it on a much more consistent basis. You know, he's, he's played well every game. I, I've been happy with him. You know? So, Craig, uh, for me, Ryan Kemp was man of the match yesterday. I know, I know a lot of people were saying came out roof was a shout. Stephen Gerrard was ranting and raving about Conor Golson. Was he saying that just to piss off Ian or is Golson looking like he stepped up a bit as well? <laughs> Nah, just purely to piss off Ian. That's the only reason he said it. <laughs> no, but it's Goldson's just been so consistent so far this season, hasn't he? Getting five shutouts in a row. Um, was it the first time since nineteen was it twenty nine or something 19, like that? Twenty nine. Yep, ninety one. Uh, and the thing as well is, we're not even 
really giving away chances. It's not as if we're having to make brilliant saves or last ditch blocks and tackles to keep the clean sheets. It's just as we were talking about, like out of the ball, we're just so solid. Um, a shape when we've not got the ball, we just look so solid. Um, obviously, we get criticised a wee bit for having two sitting midfielders, but defensively, it, it definitely works. So we need to think uh, that side of the game as well. Uh, but uh, Goldson's been really consistent. Um, Tav's been doing well for somebody that so many people say he can't defend. Um, keeping five clean sheets in a row is impressive. And then, obviously, with Balogun and Hollander, they've been swapped in and out. Um, they've both come in and not really they've done so well that it's not really made that an impact, which is what we need to get to the point. The problem last season and the seasons before, if we've not got a first 11 and you're taking somebody out, there's a huge big drop-off. Um, whereas at the moment, if Balogun's out, Hollander's coming in, then it's the standards just staying the same. It was nice seeing uh, Patterson get a run out yesterday as well, wasn't it, Craig? Uh, he done well. Um, I know he's only five minutes or whatever he was on for, but made a couple of good tackles and a good run up the, the wing, and then Stuart almost scored yeah. um, from that chance. So I uh, got up. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. High hopes for Patterson, but I, I think the way we're doing it's probably the best for his development. Just sort of slowly building him into it, um, getting him used to the environment, and bringing him on for the last five, ten minutes. And then over the season, I'd imagine that'll build up and give him a bit more game time, and especially cup games and that sort of thing. Do you think, uh, like in terms of like, obviously Tav plays so many, so many games, but do you think there is there will be a chance to like swap him in for? Do you think he will do it? Number one, it's hard to take your captain out, but. Do you think you will give him a game like, at home to your likes of St Mirren or something if we've got a busy schedule? Like there? I, I can't uh, see it personally, but I would like to see it. I, I'd imagine it'll only be if we do have a really busy schedule or Tav's got a wee knock or that sort of thing. Um, pretty much if Tav's fit, he's playing. Um, simple as that. But hopefully Patterson gets... So obviously only get five minutes, but hopefully starts to get ten minutes and twenty minutes and build it up a wee bit. Um, as I said, give him some cup games. Now he's just been called up for the Scotland squad as well, hasn't he? The under twenty ones. So that'll be a good experience for him, considering he's only eighteen, I think. So that's him years. playing up, 
playing up a couple of levels, so that'll be good for him as well. Absolutely. And no, I'm the same. I'd I'd like to see see us continue with this um you know, to have, to have so important to the way we play. If there is getting an occasion where we're playing I don't know, like we go three, four weeks, say like playing every two or three games. I think the problem with Tav last year that I think he may have it wasn't quite burnt out, but because he he was ever present in the team last year then it's only natural that your form drops a wee bit. Sometimes it even mentally need a rest. Um, so that's when I'd want Patterson to come in, you know, when we don't have any other injury worries, anything like that. Uh, but for now, uh, the game time, slow but surely. Uh, I'm really happy with that. Uh, so this leaves us on the... This leaves us top of the league as it stands. Uh, Hibs are playing Aberdeen today. So 13 out of 15 points. Path for me, it's you know, we that's point five games, and you want to be winning every game. Um, but the, the good thing is that you know, Celtic, Celtic have already dropped points as well, so we just need to keep the pressure on. Points in the board is better than games in hand for me. Um, so this week, I, I think there's going to be even more talk about the transfer window, it's going to go on a mega dive. Uh, so, first of all. Morelos, will this be the week that he goes? What do you think? This week's definitely a bit different now, isn't it? After getting dropped from the squad and the comments that have been made. So I actually hope it is. Um, I hope we get the money that we're looking for and it's just, that's it, get rid of them, um, move on and then we can look what we need to do with that money. And you wonder if it's, have we already spent some of that money getting Ruth and Itten in? Um, so we're hoping to get it back or... We'll be budgeting to buy a couple of players anyway, so this will be extra money, so that would be interesting to see. Uh, but I think we still need at least a centre mid and probably another attacking option as well. So it's looking like it's going to happen at some point. So if it is, hopefully this is the week and just get it done and we can move on. When you say another attacking option, are you looking for another striker or an outside right or what? It's interesting, isn't it? Because you wonder about Defoe. Is he going to be a real option this season or is he going to struggle with injuries? But ideally, see if you could get somebody that could cover the whole front three, really. Um, play him as a number nine or play him a bit wider. Uh, probably a wee bit like Ruth, um, that could probably play a couple of positions. So if you get another version of that, it uh, just gives us options. Because when you look at the bench yesterday, if that game wasn't going well, you've only really get Greg Stewart, Jamie Murphy, who we'll probably come on to talk about as well. So hopefully it's somebody that can cover a few positions. Scott. So Rangers uh, confirmed that they rejected a bid for Ryan Kent. I think it was in the region of sixty-eight million. Which, um, if they were just looking to buy his ponytail, I thought that'd be a fair enough offer. <laughs> but uh, rightly so, Rangers knocked us back. Uh, can you see this going away? It's it gets a bit real when an actual first bid goes in. For me, like feel free to tell me if I'm talking pish. But we paid seven million for him. He's Leeds are playing in a hyperinflated market. I'd be wanting twenty five million for him or at least twenty. Is that the ballpark we should be going for and would Leeds be paying that? I think if you're you're gonna you are getting the most money out of him, you need to aim high aim high. You're never gonna this is probably me playing football manager again, but <laughs> <laughs> if you it's the, the art of like negotiation. Like if you if you say you want twenty million for him, you're never gonna get that and they'll blowball you. So I think you need to be telling 
tellingly that it's, you know, put a serious offer in. It's, I don't know what, like, 68 million is laughable. Like, we would make, um, we would make no money at all from that, really. And, you know, if we signed them for 7.5 million, Liverpool obviously have a sell-on clause. If we were to even get 10 million, is definitely not worthwhile because we're not even making very little, if you know what I mean. So, it's, uh, it's uh, as, as I say, I think you're right. We need to be aiming there because we'll get nowhere near. Well, I feel good about this. Um, it's different from Morelos. Morelos has had this chat for the last two or three years. Um, this is only kind of this is the first time we've had speculation about Kent as a Rangers player. Yesterday, then he, he didn't look as if his head was turned. He looked really focused and he, he got his goal. Um, I think what we've got in our favour is he's happy. He was choking to come to Rangers. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. He's, he's, he's happy here. He, for, he seems to have had the chance to go to Leeds last year and he held off for Rangers. I don't know if it's different now because they're in the Premier League, so it's obviously you know more attractive to, to go to them rather than last year. He might have went last year if Leeds were in the, the Premier League, but they obviously like him. You know, They, they can see him fitting in. Leeds are good. Leeds are like a, a massive club as well, so it, it probably has a good opportunity for him. But I can't, I don't think he would necessarily want to go. Put it that way. So, no. so more uh, more confirmed players out of the way. Greg Dockett is away to hold on a permanent deal, and Ross McCrory is on loan to Aberdeen for this season with an obligation to buy for June. Now that he's an Aberdeen player, I put him staying in my fantasy football team, so I'm still all aboard the McCrory bandwagon. I think uh, what we've what we've been speaking about the last few weeks, they don't really fit in anywhere right now in this team. Uh, sad to see them go. There's maybe potential for them to grow any players in maybe two or three years' time. John Fletch brings to mind where he was there right for Rangers at that point in time, but look at the player he's grown into. But just on the kind of inverted quotes French players if you call them there was a lot of chat this week Craig uh, Jamie Murphy was going to Dundee United and I thought that was madness he's far too good for them but then he pops up on the bench yesterday is that was that due to injury and Morel's being dropped or was that is there a place for Jamie Murphy in the squad I'm not sure what the manager thinks of him um, because if he if he wanted to sort of build him back up and get him involved in the squad, you would have seen him come on yesterday for the last fifteen twenty minutes, giving him minutes. I just don't think he'll be a Rangers player for much longer. Um, but then you look at like the Livingston game last week and a wee tight pitch. His he's got that wee bit of sort of trickery about him that would be more influential than Barker, who's his only real qualities when we're on the counter attack. So when we're playing against a packed defence, Barker's pace isn't really going to do much for you. You need a wee bit of craft and a wee bit of skill. And Jamie Murphy's definitely got that. Um, so I'd like to see him get given a chance, but I, if he was going to get a chance, I think we would have seen more of him up until this point. And he had his loan move last year that he shows he's still got quality, he can still score goals. So I'd be disappointed to see him go, but at the same time, I don't think the manager's going to give him a fair chance. I know, it is a shame. I get it last week, Livingston on a plastic pitch, you wouldn't want to risk him there, but I think um, we, we all do respect to Nathan Patterson when he's getting five minutes just for the sake of getting experience ahead of Murphy, getting five, ten minutes to tie and ease him back in. I think that sums up where Murphy is, because even going to your goal on yesterday, 
ahead of him. Um, I'd be sad to see him go, but if he, if he does go, I'd want him out on loan to someone in the SBFL this, this year. Maybe no Dundee United, but somewhat. He, he, he can do damage to the likes of Celtic, Aberdeen, Hibs this year, if personally I think so. He's out of contract in the season as well, isn't he? Is he? So, I'm sure he is. I'm sure he's out of contract at the end of the year. So, if he's out of contract, then yeah, it's maybe worth just cashing in on him. If he's not going to, we won't get the money back that we paid for him. Um, if he's only got a, a year to go, but if we put him out on loan for a, a year, then he'll leave for nothing at the end of it. So, we might as well just sell him now if that's the case. I doubt we'd get a big fee for him. To be honest, nah. no, I would be like, you know, maybe nah. you wouldn't even get what we got for McCrory and Stewart, probably. You know what I mean? Like, you'd probably get. 100, 200 k or something. <laughs> no, that's no anything about that. But. As I say, football managers can't <laughs> <I guess. laughs> So, last where we come to, and uh, I think this might be a recurring theme every week until this transfer window slams shut, as Jim White would say. Paul Barisic. So, we ran a poll on Twitter and Instagram during the week asking who's impressed most this season, and Paul Barisic did get the majority, and yesterday was just another reason why Scott. I think we've got to struggle to keep him and it'll be really interesting to see how he how he does in the international games he's got coming up for Croatia against Portugal and France. Aye, definitely, definitely. But uh, was it in the interview during the week like they were, they were saying that like, people are trying to a lot of a lot of clubs, a lot of the major leagues are looking at the Scottish League because, you know, we've developed the likes of you know, Andy Robertson, Virgil van Dijk, you know, who have went on to be world-class players. So, if you're in the need of a left-back, at the end of the day, somebody could offer you 30 million, you know, just to get yeah. over the line. 30 million, so like, that Chilwell's going to Chelsea, and it's 70 million. Don't I've said it before, but I don't necessarily see him being much better than Barisic, or even if he is. Obviously, it's a you know, tougher league, the English Premier League, but... I, I'd be quite concerned, like because you know what it's like at the market. Somebody could just in the last day, you know, after panic signing and just you know what the game like, like the English league especially, just throw money at it. So again, uh, need to be looking at just potential sort of players to bring in if if you know it goes. To Craig Cristiano Ronaldo must be shining himself coming up against Bournemouth. <laughs> Uh, he won't get a sniff, will he? No. Ronaldo um, doesn't uh, have a song like his. Aye, <laughs> uh, but Barisic has just gone up and he's went up a couple of levels last year and he's gone up again from that this year, by the looks of it. Um, he's just been brilliant in so many games. And it's the quality that he puts in as well. It's not even that he's just whipping in good balls and hoping somebody's going to get an end of it. It's like the wee cutbacks that are picking people out and stuff. It's just so intelligent the way he does it. But I think what we do if we keep a hold of him this year. Then he goes to the Euros next year and does well there. I think his value will be rocking. So I really hope we can keep him this season and then possibly cash in on him in the summer. Because like we've said in this before, that is what we need to be doing. Getting these players fairly cheap, um, getting a good run out of them and then selling them on for a profit and then reinvesting that. There's so many big clubs across Europe, like not the sort of top tier clubs, but clubs of a level that that's what they do. And they buy players cheap, sell them for a profit and then they can afford to buy the next level of player up and then sell them for a bigger profit and that's that's a model that we need to be doing so although we don't want to see these players go there will be a, a time when it's the best thing for us to do Yeah even I suppose in a, in a slightly higher level Lille are <laughs> that kind of club they kind of buy cheap sell high but absolute 
uh, utopia for that model would be Ajax. You know, develop your own players. Like the cheapest way to get your players in, then selling them off for millions. They've done that for for years. Um, but as a work in progress, and hopefully it does turn out like that. So the very last thing we've got to come to, slightly different from last week. Um, there's not been any standout best Twitter patter, but there's been an absolute moment of beauty that we've seen in Twitter. Craig, talk us through it. Oh, it's stunning, isn't it? That's the only word to describe it. Just seeing Stevie G and Walter Smith side by side, it was, it was beautiful. I'm going to actually email Castor to see if they can get jammies made out of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, aye, but it's brilliant, isn't it? Iconic. Yeah, there's a, there was a, a photo, Scott, where they're actually shaking hands and it's just time stopped. Oh, it's gorgeous. We're making a new phone wallpaper, actually. It's, um, you know, probably not the most COVID-friendliest um, photo, but that is the staunchest handshake I've ever seen. Lovely, lovely. Yeah. Just, did you see, actually, Clive T- uh, Tilsley's uh, Instagram? He done a wee, like... Video of Walter Smith and it was like just seeing the brown robe and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it was something along the lines of his video and he's, he's like, oh, is he a Rangers man? He must be. He's got, he's got the brown robes on. A gross contender this week was um, when obviously came our roof's name was spelt wrong on the back and there's a photo of Jimmy Bell which is like you <laughs> you wear what you're fucking told <laughs> no I was saying I was saying to you I was in the loud room watching the game and the camera obviously right hey, Jimmy Bell and it was the biggest cheer bigger cheer than the actual goal gunner <laughs> it's hilarious man I don't think that misspelling was an accident I think he just does that for time to time to show how much power he's got <laughs> yeah Jimmy Bell of the Queen's Eleven well there was a there was a good tweet in the official account as well that it was saying uh, Ruth with his debut goal, but it had his name spelt wrong and then scored out and then spelt correctly next to <laughs> Just on the official account, see the day that Rangers confirmed they not back a, or Gerard confirmed they not back a bid for Leeds. Oh, Leeds, yeah. Yeah, every day Rangers put a goal of the day and for that day they put Alan McCoy against Leeds 92. Uh, absolute, aye. Get my pay rise. Absolute, aye. It's just an absolute get it up you to Leeds. That brings to a close for this week. We'll be back next week uh, when touch wood all going well. We'll go into the international break. Top of the week. All that's left to do is thank my two co-hosts, Mr Craig McAdam. Cheers, boys. And Scott Hodge. Cheers, lads. Thanks very much for listening. Take care. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.